If you really wanna know, then come on, let's go. Take a stroll down those. What's going on, Mountaineer Nation? Welcome back into another edition of the Country Roads webcast. I am your host, Stephen Vestal, joined by other co-hosts, Bradley Brown. What's up, everybody? Uh, we're going to be covering the Kansas game this week. Uh, we missed the Baylor game last week. Uh, so The uh, recap. Gonna be, yeah, the recap last week. So we're going to be, uh, I guess, going into this one a little bit more in detail than we usually would for especially a Kansas game, I would say. Mm, um, for sure. But uh, kind of sorry that we missed the Baylor game because that was such an exciting game going into overtime and just being as thrilling game as it was. Uh, I think we got to give props. Honestly, to I Brown. thought it was until like the last five minutes of the game. <laughs> so it wasn't. It was just tough. To really? Watch. Yeah. I mean, it was like boring. It was football, but it was just like not. Still not. Uh, it's not exciting. I guess. I guess. It's like the SEC experience every week. I guess it could be viewed as boring. I don't know. I thought it was entertaining just from the mindset of. We haven't played a you know a good defensive. Well, Big Twelve football hasn't been defensive in quite some time. And I mean, if you look at some of the games across the board, I mean they're high scoring games, but a lot of those games have went into overtime to get that score, and they've been you know fourteen, twenty some points yep. going into overtime. So they're not as high scoring of of games as you usually see out of the Big Twelve teams. But I mean, I was excited for like overtime. I mean, overtime's always exciting. I mean. I uh, wish we wouldn't have had to go to overtime with that Bryce Ford Wheaton mess up, just absolutely plowing through Alex Sinkfield on that punt return. Mm-hmm. But it was it was fun to watch. Like a, the, the overtime was fun, got my energy going up, something like that. Um, yeah, but I just yeah, want to I just want to uh, note about your nation. I called it. I said twenty eight twenty one. It was twenty seven twenty one. If we would kick yeah. that field goal or the extra point, the PAT, I'd have been spot you on. Call, you did call it, and I will give you props for that. You did call the correct score, so. Well, I'm, I'm really sorry that we missed that post game, uh, that post game show. But yeah, we got a good, we're, we're got a good game with uh, Kansas this weekend. Um, I guess you could call it a good game. Good game for West Virginia. It's, it hopes to be. It's a game uh, we need. We need this bad. Yeah, it's going to be the first of five games for West Virginia. Uh, the the next bye week for West Virginia will be right before the Oklahoma game, so that that might be a plus. But that also is going to be the first of a very tough stretch of games for West Virginia because you got pretty much everybody on the top of the standings right now and Oklahoma down uh, down the latter part of the season. So going to be not getting any easier for West Virginia, so this is going to be a good game to have going down this part of the season. Uh, so uh, what are yeah. your opening thoughts uh, going into this matchup? What are you expecting to see out of the Mountaineers, especially after coming off of a win like they had against Baylor in overtime? Uh, I'm expecting a lot. I think this is going to be a really big – I mean, coming off a of bye week into Kansas, so it's basically a bye week followed by a bye week. I mean, you can't – you can't discredit Kansas because I mean they're still working with things. They're not going to have their head coach. I mean he'll be probably coaching from the box up at the top. But yeah, he um, plans to be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean I still expect him to be there, and I'm surprised the game didn't get canceled. To be honest, um, I'm curious to see. This is completely sidebar, and I'll jump back into it. Nick Saban catching the coronavirus. I'm curious if uh, uh, that game will get postponed this weekend, but we'll see. Um, I doubt it will. I bet it will go something like this week. But anyway, yeah, I think it's a it's going to be a good. Uh, I don't want to call it a tune up game, but it's a tune up game. I mean, we're going to be able to really see. Uh, I think we'll see a lot more people out on the on the field this week because I was just reading a little little article there talking about uh, Neil Graham's 
Neil Brown's post conference, talking about how our wideouts have not been haven't been as successful this year as even what they were last year. Right. And I mean, uh, and I think he's really wanting to switch it up some in there and just you know throw some people in there. I think we might see my boy Ali Jennings in there, which would be nice. Um, but I think this Kansas game is very, very much needed for us, and uh, especially at the beginning of this five-week stretch. I think we're the only people in the Big 12 that have five straight games in a row like this. Uh, yeah, yeah. It seems like this every single year that we have this one little tough stretch, uh, November, you know, right October or November, uh, one of those months that we have one of those tough stretch of games, three or four games that just seem to uh, take a toll on the Mountaineers, whether it be injury-wise or just, uh, you know, just getting fatigued down the stretch playing such – tough teams back to back to back but uh yeah for sure speaking of injuries uh, but, we saw uh, we're gonna lose uh vandarius cowan that's gonna suck oh uh, yeah that's gonna uh, be I'm sure tough. he'll be i don't think it's like a super we're used to it by now yet, but yeah <laughs> yeah but i mean i'm but, glad that this is a year extra year of eligibility for some of these guys you know if you do get hurt you still got some some room to work with absolutely uh but two of the things that you, uh, that you actually touched on um with less miles catching the coronavirus he still plans to be in morgantown this saturday uh and the baylor coach dave aranda I think that's his name, Dave Aranda. Um, I'm sorry if I miss, I miss, miss that one, but uh, I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Um, he says that he's pretty sure that he has players that brought uh, the COVID-19 to Morgantown once they played up there, but actually um, none of the Mountaineer players that have tested, which all of them have since, since that statement's been made, have been tested and none of them have came back positive. So that is one good thing to note for the Mountaineers. Uh, and the other thing that you touched on um, with – no, head coach Neil Brown uh, talking about the receivers uh, needing needing those to get better. He did say that we will see new people in there, uh, so you might be right about Ollie Jennings. But um, he said that that was going to be one of the main points of emphasis as well as the side. Uh, which I mean, you know, from our standpoint, we think that the the Mountaineers have played great defense. But if you look at it, I've looked at the numbers, and West Virginia's actually tied uh, for six in the in the Big Twelve with Kansas at one hundred and nine uh, one hundred ninety nine tackles. So as well as the Mountaineers have played. Uh, you know, they could tackle even better. And I think head coach Neil Brown wants to see a lot better play. But, but I mean, to be fair, though, I mean, we've already had two bye weeks. You know what I mean? Like, I think we've already right, played. So, I think other teams have played one more game than us, right? Um, other teams? I think so. I think so. Uh, Probably so. We've had two bye weeks so far. So I don't think anybody else has. I think everybody's had one so far. I think that's why we have this five, this stretch of five games in a row, because our next bye week isn't for a while, where everybody else is already going to have their second one in there somewhere, right? Uh, along those lines, so. Which I mean, you could look at it as a positive and a negative. Which I mean, God forbid, I don't want anything bad to happen. But if there were to have something happen in West Virginia, were to have an outbreak in the locker room at some point, you know, it's going to be tough to find, you know, pieces to inter- intertwine with each other to make things work if you have to cancel a game down the stretch. It's going oh, to sure. be really tough uh, to do that. So um, I don't, I'm not really sure what you do if you get to that point, but hopefully we don't have to get to that point. West Virginia's had a lot of um, a good luck, I guess you could say. Yeah. Area, so. Yeah, a lot of these schools are, I think, let's see here, it's Oklahoma State, Baylor, because uh, they had a game or two canceled. Um TCU and Kansas are the only teams that haven't played a full four games yet. So yeah. So you know, being one of the four teams that hasn't played that extra game, I mean still being sixth in the conference in tackles ain't that bad. Yeah, it's not that bad. I mean, Texas is first, uh, and they've already lost two games, which if you missed that game last weekend then you 
Need to go back and watch it because that was a, it was a game. that was a crazy game. I really thought Texas was going to pull that out. I had full faith in Sam Ellinger. Me and me and Stephen Hill were going back and forth. Yeah. yeah, I called that one way too early. I, I I'm pretty sure I caught it with like six minutes and some change left in the fourth quarter. <laughs> that Oklahoma had won that game. Yeah, Stephen was, so was like that's both a... of them had both of them had uh, <laughs> had two losses for the first time, and you know this leaves this conference wide open, um, which you know. If we want to talk about that for a little bit, I'd I'd love to give you my early pick to win the conference. Oh sure, Iowa State. You think Iowa State big? I know Iowa State. You Brees know Hall, Iowa State. Brees Hall is in the top ten in I think nine or ten statistical categories nationally. Brock Purdy is up there with him in, in the top twenty and nationally in in a lot of categories. So they're they're going to be. I mean. They're mentioning tackling in those rankings. They're second in the Big Twelve. They're the only team in the top of the standings in tackling right now that that even looks like that. You know they're going to be able to compete for this title for the Big Twelve championship anyway. Now, however, if if Iowa State does win the Big Twelve championship, I don't see them playing for for a playoff spot. I really just yep. don't see that happening. Because their early loss was against uh, Group of Five. Because they uh, have one loss on the season what, so far. was their early season loss? Sorry, pull this up. You know? Against Louisiana. Yeah. It must not have been a very good. It just says Louisiana, not Louisiana State. No, I remember that game. Louisiana actually is giving some people some fits this year. Mm. But yeah, I, anyway, say, yeah. I, think, I think it's going to be Oklahoma State. I really do think that Oklahoma State's got that. Uh, I think they've got that. that uh, experience it's really going to help boost them up this year. I know they uh, they haven't lost yet too either. So I think that the experience that they have returning is just going to be putting them above other teams, which also makes me feel better about our loss. It might be some of what I'm why I'm putting them up there like that. Um, it might help us out some with our loss because I mean realistically we had them at a, a close ass game until they scored in the last you know scrum scrum moments of the game. So yeah. you know that would make me feel even better about our chances going on down the stretch here. I do love the I, I love the style of play of Oklahoma State, but I just think that they play too close to people. And I, uh, going down the stretch, you're not going to be able to play teams like Texas and Oklahoma and be able to win those football games, especially I play mean, maybe both this like year. that. <laughs> maybe this year, but it yeah, seems I mean, like Texas battled their tails off, and they deserved to win that football game. And I'm not saying any by any means that Oklahoma didn't deserve to win that football game because they did. But I'm telling you what, man, if I don't like. Sam Ellinger, but I I've got to respect him after that. That was, I mean for sure because he's that that's the second game of the season where he's come back from. I mean, it, who was he down against a few weeks ago? He was down fifteen points, four minutes left to go in the the second half, and he comes back, puts it to overtime, wins it. Yeah, like I just I like Sam Ellinger. Well, he's done that how many times over his career? Oh, a bunch. Like I said, I sent even a message earlier when that game was going on. I was like, he has to be one of the most experienced quarterbacks when it comes to that situation. Yeah, just always fighting to you know come back to it. And I think, I think that'll do him well in his future. You know, when he's playing on Sundays. Yeah, absolutely. And I, it's, the way it's going, it's probably going to be his last uh, his last year in the burnt orange this year. But speaking of quarterbacks, uh, I want to split the script going back to West Virginia. Um, Jared yeah, Decky, Kansas yet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jared Deggy, uh, you know, has received a lot of criticism from the fan base uh, over the past week and over the past few weeks over his play and over um, his inability to secure the football at times. Uh, but if you look at it, he's actually not doing that bad when it 
comes to you know being up there with the top guys in the country or in the in the conference actually he's in top four in completion percentage he's top five in yards thrown um and that's i i think that's pretty pretty impressive if if you're a mountaineer fan when you consider how many times he's lost the ball and if you think about it uh how many times i've mentioned the offensive line and how atrocious they have been which atrocious, I don't guess, is a fair word because they have done a lot better job than what they did last year. Especially the inside has the, the the inside three have the, ru- the rush our tackles are still our tackles are still struggling. Run blocking is is impressive. Passing pass blocking is just it needs work, and I think Neil Brown knows that. He touched on that in his uh, his his uh, press conference as well. Uh, but Jared Decky's also tied for second in the Big Twelve for completions with Selma Ellinger. Uh, so it's funny that we mentioned him. And I'll be honest with you, I'm I'm starting to get to the point where I Jared Dickey's doing fine, but I think that I, I'm almost going to start getting to the point where if it, if we keep seeing those struggles, those early game struggles, I'm really going to start wanting to see Garrett Green more. I just don't think I think in a season where things just don't count, things just don't really matter. Why are you being so conservative? You know what I mean with it? To hell with it. Throw him in there. I just I don't see I don't see it happening this year, man. I, 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 I want I listen. I want it to. I'm I'm with you, man. I'm wanting it to. I with I want to see him so bad, but I don't see Neil Brown putting him in the system that early this year, especially if we have only gotten one conference loss, one loss overall on the season. You know what oh, I mean? Sure. He's gonna go with Austin Kendall, unless Austin Kendall, God forbid, gets hurt somewhere down the stretch, and you know we have to go with Garrett Green as a QB two. I think he's gonna save him as far as much as he can now. Will we see Garrett Green in the situation when we have either a blowout lead or someone has a blowout lead over us? Possibly, yeah. We've already seen him once this year, and he came in and you know he impressed. But I don't see I don't see Garrett Green taking over the starting position at any point this year, especially when everyone was just granted a um, a second or yeah an extra year of eligibility for 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 next year. They opt to come back. I just think it would be interesting to see him try to like. I feel like this is a year where you've seen a lot of freshman quarterbacks step up and really just like some of these younger guys put their stomp like a stamp on it. And I just think with the with the way our offense is, I don't think we're well rounded enough. So I don't think our again, I don't think I think Neil Brown knows that our issue is not with Deggy. I don't think Deggy's our issue. I think our issue is our offensive tackles aren't getting mm-hmm. out there, like getting their blocks and Deggy's just getting crunched. You know what I mean? Like he's getting smack, smacked up, smacked down every game, you know, he's, there's not been a game where he hasn't gotten hit except for the first game of the season. Yeah. And I just think that our wide receivers aren't getting open either. And I think it's just not, that's not vindictive of good ball play either. You know what I mean? So right. I think it would be, I would like to see us throw in Garrett Green out there. Cause like I said, it's, it's a season that don't matter. Why not test him? Cause I mean, if he can take WVU higher, I would say that I don't, I would say it doesn't matter, but, but I think even if he could take, I mean, but if you put him in there, let me put this to you. If you put Garrett Green in there right now and he takes off, say he has a phenomenal year, he just absolutely runs with it because he's got running. So he's going to open up that read option game a little bit more where Daggy's really hesitant to keep that ball. I don't know why he's so hesitant to keep that ball because it's not like Daggy has bad wheels. You know what I mean? And so I don't know if that's Neil Brown telling him to keep that a little bit more or if it's, you know, just Daggy choosing to keep a little bit more. I think doing that opens up our run option game better, which opens up our running backs for more uh, explosive plays because they're not getting cracked on by those defensive ends as often. I think that we're going to have a little bit more, uh, obviously gives us him the run option because he's, he's got some wheels on him. I mean, the kid can scoot. He's got some, he's got some, you know, giddy in his up. You know what I mean? 
And then if you have to get to that situation, he's got that scramble ability probably more than Deggie does, where he can, he'll get outside that pocket. He's not afraid to move around a little bit, which gives our wide receivers more time to maybe not get open on their first route, but maybe, you know, they break loose. And, I mean, if our guys can get a chance that we can throw the ball to him, even if it's like a little bit looser coverage where they're just not getting off that coverage in the beginning, then, I mean, he's like, he'll be able to get it to him. You know what I mean? Like, he'll give him that extra option to find another route, another opening, something. So I'm telling you, if you put Garrett Green in there right now and he pops off, you know what I mean? Like, let's say he just absolutely pops off. Doesn't that make you more excited for, like, next year? And I mean, because, I mean, that would give us a chance to be like, okay, like, we're going in there with, like, a, a, a true freshman phenom next year and we've got some really, really tasty-looking stuff to work on. Instead of saying, like, hey, Jared Deggie didn't have a great year this year. It's because of the team around him. So, like, next year we might be better because, you know, we'll have, like, a more whole team around him. But I think it would just be worth it to experiment with Garrett Green just to see if that might be the way. Yeah, but I just don't see I don't see him putting them in this year unless those two other quarterbacks get hurt. No Brown's what, not going to do it. He's a, he don't even list him on the depth chart this this week. Actually, yeah. they've only got to, he's only got the two deep, and that's because I think that he wants to get as well. I mean, I'm right there with you, man. I want to see him play just as much as anybody else, but it's just, just because like you know all the fans are going to say it doesn't mean he's going to put him in there. And he's already said that multiple times. He's multiple. multiple Multiple times he said he's not going to put because he's been asked in press game and post game conferences. Whenever you know, I'm pretty sure after the uh, the game that the first game EKU, whenever Garrett Green came in and he you know came in like a human highlight reel, <laughs> and like you said, just has wheels for legs. They asked him how how much of a chance he had to play, how much more playing time down the stretch that he was going to have, and. Um, he he pretty much just brushed it off and said that you know he was going to keep him under his wing, let him learn the system, let him have a year, you know, because with this extra year of eligibility, he's going to have another freshman season next year. So it's pretty much, you know, why would you waste his waste this year and possibly get him hurt, you know, while you can keep him healthy and let him learn the system the next year, whenever or maybe possibly two years from now, whenever Jared Deggie or you know whatever happens, then he'll come in. I possibly do think that you will see him next year if um, if he progresses through fall camp, you know, like like he has since he's been in Morgantown on campus, because I by far think that he's the most talented quarterback that we have. But I also do think that Jared Deggie is a very talented quarterback. I just don't think that he has time. And I think that the reason, like like you said, that he holds the ball in the pocket for too long is because he's just he's just not confident back there anymore. If you watched him last year at the end of the season last year, he. He was elusive, man. He got out of the pocket a lot better. He moved his feet. He, you know, got around guys. He didn't. He didn't get sacked. I think got sacked maybe once in a TCU game, and he balled out in that game too. So, I really think that Jared Deggie's best ball is to come. So, I, I, I think that, um, you know, like I don't think it's his fault. Like I, I want to make that obvious for everybody. Like I don't, I don't think it's Deggie's fault. I just think that. We are being super conservative by risking losing more games this year and like taking, but again, it's a year that don't matter. So maybe you no know, Brown knows that and he's just taking it on the chin with some losses. I just think, but why? Why is it a year that don't matter though? We still have a Big Twelve championship and a college football playoff, and Big Ten's playing football. That's I there's think always going to be more that giant more. asterisk. You know what I mean? It's going to be that giant asterisk on the season that you know. Yeah, but we played ten games. years from now. Like people, are we still don't even know the season's going to end yet. You know what I mean? It could it could end next true. week for all we That's know. That's very true. That's Nick very Saban very got true. COVID. We we could be done. At, at this point, they look like they're going to play no matter what. And if you look at the NFL, I mean, 
<laughs> you watch Pat McAfee show. Apparently, COVID nineteen makes you better at football because the Tennessee Titans came out and run all over the Buffalo Bills last night. And when I say run all over, go back and look at Derrick Henry's highlight because you will exactly know what I'm talking about. <laughs> for sure, for sure. But, but back uh, to Kansas, though. Uh, but like some you things, said, some things I thought were interesting is on the depth chart this week. We got a new starting left tackle. We got Brandon Yates in there, and he's a true freshman, which yeah, I think is uh, promising. But he also has some uh, he had some penalties, some offsides and stuff in the last game. So I mean, freshman, you can't can't really do much about that. Yeah. But I thought that was interesting. Well, yeah. Well, I think playing through it is the only way you're going to get better and the only way you're going to get experience, in my opinion. And the Mountaineers definitely, definitely need to do that because if you look at they, – they've had 12 penalties in the last game versus Baylor for 102 yards. There was 12 penalties versus Oklahoma State for 107 yards. They had eight penalties in versus uh, Eastern Kentucky for 85 yards. It's not a good average. It's not a good average. But, I mean, I think a lot of teams in the country are having that same issue, just like penalties and penalties and penalties. I haven't looked at them, like, in the in the stats of where we're at and that, but I would say that most people in the country right now are probably pulling 80 yards a game and penalties just because you didn't have any preseason. You know what I mean? You didn't have any time to, you know, really iron out those edges of making sure that that's, that's guys know when they're too. supposed to be on the field and you know what your snap count's supposed to be and, like, that kind of stuff. So Yeah, well... It- Hopefully they get it worked out as they go through the season because you know that's that's just it comes down to discipline. That's all it comes yeah. down to. Which just, I think this is that's discipline. another good good part of this Kansas game is this is a game where we can kind of like fine tune that shit. You know what I mean? Like work on it a little bit. Yeah, but at the same time you don't want to overlook Kansas because they do have an explosive running back in Puka Williams, and Puka Williams can bust all over you at any point in time. Now he hasn't done that about against the Mountaineers yet because. Uh, he has yet to cross the 100-yard mark against the Mountaineers or score. I think he scored one touchdown last year, uh, but he didn't score, uh, score one two years ago. Uh, but if you watch him against, play against anybody else in the Big 12, he's been pretty darn explosive. Uh, but the Mountaineers have been pretty pretty successful at stopping the run game. And I See, think that is our, that's our strength right there is just stopping the run. And I think, yeah. I mean, our defense just seems like it's getting better and better and better. I know you were talking about tackles, but still I think that our defense is really, I think the best ball, like you said about Dave, I think the best ball is ahead of our defense. I think that they are going to... Oh, I don't mean to discredit the defense. I think... Oh, for sure. I they know. just need to get better at those missed tackles. Because the, that big play ability is one thing that I think really, really hurts the Mountaineers. Because if you go back and look at it, they wouldn't have lost that game in Oklahoma State if they wouldn't have been for the big play ability. Tyler Wallace wouldn't have done anything. Oh, yeah. We would have gotten... And Chuba Hubbard at the end of the game. So I mean, I go back and look at... I was thinking the about the part. other day. Uh, you know, you really look at the season so far. We are We are two plays away from being you know, undefeated and probably top 15 in the country right now. And, I mean, that's that 60-some yard play that uh, the hell over his name was for Oklahoma State, not Chuba Hubbard, but Poindexter, whatever his name was in the backfield back there. His 60-some yard run and then... L.D. Brown? Yeah, L.D. Brown. I can remember. I should remember Brown, damn. Uh, But, yeah, I mean, you stop that play and then... I would even go to the, like the offensive side. You not let them get that defensive touchdown, that scoop and score. Then I mean, like, we're undefeated, top fifteen team in the country right now, and I mean we're looking pretty walking into Kansas, or yeah. walk have Kansas walk up here. Yeah, it just sounds so familiar. You know, every year we we say the same thing. We're always one play away, one court. You know, it's always the same thing. West Virginia just can't ever seem to find that uh, that one missing piece that they can just get over that one little hump. Like back if you think back. West Virginia would have been an undefeated national champion probably in uh, 2006 when West Virginia uh, brought in Pat White to save West Virginia in the Louisville game in 2005, yep. and they went in overtime to win that game, and Steve Slayton scored six touchdowns. Uh, if you think back, if West Virginia would have started Pat White and Steve Slayton in the Virginia Tech game that year, which was the only game they lost, 
we're went undefeated. Been playing mm-hmm. in the national championship game, and I think we I think we would have won because we had Pat White, and he never lost a bowl game. So, yep, for sure. So we've always got those what ifs, uh, but. Um, and I got a question. Yeah. We talked about it a little bit earlier with uh, the wide receivers that we're going to think. I said Ali Jennings. Who else do you think is going to be running that? I see. I think Sam Brown. I think we'll see him some. We'll as definitely Dell. see Sam Brown. Sam Brown's been in there quite a bit, so I think you'll see more of him. Um, listed on the depth chart, Bryce Ford Wheaton still at number one. Winston Wright still at number uh, at the X position. Winston Wright's still number one at the H position. T.J. Simmons still at the slot position, which. Honestly, I'm kind of still surprised to see him in that position. Not really that he's regressing at all, but Reese Smith seems to, you know, have really started to take on a better role, you know, in, in terms of that position in my mind. I, I just think it should be more of a shared position, and I think that maybe TJ's getting that spot just because maybe he's a senior. They bring in Reese, you know, mm-hmm. kind of feeling the, more of the two-third and fourth down, or two-third and fourth down second and third down. Uh, but, yeah, Sam Brown, you see him a lot. And I, I think you really haven't seen a lot out of Sam James up until this past game. Uh, you've seen him later in the fourth quarter, uh, not really so much in overtime. It was all Letty Brown show. But um, Yeah, right I now Letty Brown, Brown is carrying his team on his back, real, realistically. Yeah, I think Cruz mentioned that last week to, uh, to me that uh, Letty Brown, uh, had he thinks in his opinion that Letty Brown's the best player on the offense. And I said, I don't know. I got to see a little bit more out of him, but I'll tell you what, man, not just because he's got the game winning touchdown, but that kid is the truth. And he is so much better than he was a year ago. And I think that's largely accredited to the offensive line. He couldn't do that much with the offensive line last year, the way they worked. Uh, but this year he's, he is a, a man. Play, I, right? mean, I get excited for Sinkfield, too, because Neil Brown's been talking about how good Sinkfield has been playing and, you know, good pad level and just getting, you know, hitting things hard. And I think we're going to see a lot of those two. Just they might really honestly carry our team for the rest of the season if our if our wide outs don't step up. this. I think I think if this game just doesn't improve, I think Neil Brown's just going to go, OK, we're going to pound the rock. We're going to run the ball. I'm going to throw in some tight ends. And that's just how it's going to be. And I'll throw the ball every now and then. But Neil Brown's going to do what it takes to win. Yeah, Michael Laughlin, he doesn't look bad. I thought he looked good in the Baylor game as well. Just, oh, for sure. He had some big crucial catches there at the uh, in the overtime. Yeah, do you know Letty Brown's already got 320 yards this year, and that's almost – he had 367 a year ago. So, I mean, through three games, that's not bad. He's almost hit that yeah, mark. Averaging over 100 yards a game so far, so, yeah. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Uh, but um, moving on here, um, I think, uh, you know, thinking about the running backs and everything – Looking, we haven't really talked about the defensive side of the ball, though. Not yet. Um, like you said, Vandarius Cowan um, is going to be out versus the ba- uh, or going to be out versus the Jayhawks. Sorry, uh, Dylan Tonkery is actually going to be taking over as the starter in the banda position, which is going to be new because he was supposed to be the starter at the middle linebacker spot, and then Tony Fields came in and has shined the way he has this season. So, uh, what do you think about that? What do you think Dylan Tonkery is going to be like at that position? I like that a lot better because I think I think the coaching staff loves Dylan Tonkery. I don't know. I think it's his, probably his game planning and just like his natural like he, he plays well at the linebacker position. But I don't think anybody can debate that Mike Fields is right. Michael Fields is yeah. Fields Tony Fields Tony Fields Tony <laughs> yeah. Fields. My bad. Tony Fields is top three player on the defense right now. I mean the guy is just lights out. He is he is our linebacker core right I think, now. I, I think, think he's number one in my mind. And I'm, and that's a that's a yeah, guy who I, really it, is high up on Alonzo Adah. I picked him, you know, I picked him to be the best player on defense, but 
But I mean, you're then you're again you're also bad. putting him over Darius Stills, and that's just that's tough to do. I mean, Darius um, Stills is because yeah, even if like most of what Tony Fields is getting is still product of Darius, you know what I mean? Right, which it's, is true. Tim holding up that line. Yeah, but, but I, think, I mean, you just see Tony Fields in so many tackles, man. I feel like every single time you see a, a guy swarm to the ball, it's Tony Fields. I mean, not to discredit Darius or Dante Stills because they're both great in their own right, and I'm. Damn glad that we have them all on the same defense, but I really just think that Tony Fields is, has came in and impressed this year. And I think overall, oh, sure. overall, in my mind anyway, I think Tony Fields is number one. Darius definitely is number two, no doubt. No doubt. And I think that they're, uh, what we got going on back there with Dylan Tonker, like I said, they really love him. And I mean, they're going to let him play. And having him swap out with Jared Bartlett more than Tony Fields, I think, is a better option. So that leaves it with Tony Fields, Dylan Tonkery, and then Josh Chandler Shimito, right? Yeah. Yeah, and I mean that's that's a that's a stout three linebacking core right there, and I think that is just the way I want it to be. Honestly, I think that's. Oh, sorry. What was you gonna say? Oh, no, that's good. I was just saying that's all. That's what I want to see back there. Is like those three starting makes me feel very confident in our. Uh, our I think that's why our run stopping abilities is going to be get even better. Honestly. Oh, absolutely, and I think in my mind, just as we talked about the offenses. You know, side of the ball and their their passing game. I think likewise on the defensive side of the ball, they want to work on. Uh, the secondary and improving that side of the ball, which is kind of interesting when you think about it, because Tyke Smith had that game-saving interception last week in the back of the end zone. Uh, but the the defense, it, you know, it doesn't look bad on paper. They rank fourth in the red in red zone defense, eighth in total defense, eighth in passing yards allowed, and thirteenth in uh, in points allowed. So, I mean, not really bad numbers to work with if you're if oh, you're Neil impressive. Brown, if you're if you're uh, Jamal Ada. You know, and the guys on the defensive side of the ball and those staff, I really, I really like these guys on defense, and I think, and I think they're going to get even better. Granted, we've right. only played Oklahoma State has been our best competition. Baylor was, eh, and then, uh, you know, EKU that really wasn't much of a challenge. So I mean, and Kansas isn't really going to be nothing. So we might have a little bit of padded stats there, other than that Oklahoma State game. But I still think that they are going to be. One of the best defenses in the Big 12 this year. I think we just look so good on all fronts. I don't really see because even our linebackers, other than, I mean, well, mostly Tony Fields because he's just an absolute monster. He also has good coverage. Like he has, he's already had like a pick or two on the season. Like he's he's looking good. And I mean, that's just crazy to. Yeah, to see West Virginia's defense. Yeah, sorry. Uh, West Virginia's defense has four interceptions on the year. He's got we got Tyke Smith with one, Alonzo Adal with one, Drayshawn Miller, and uh, and Tony Fields. Drayshawn Miller, I want to give him props. He played a hell of a game last game, honestly. Oh yeah, oh yeah. because oh, he he had that jump on the one interception that he had. He had that miss interception in the back of the end zone, and then they called that bullshit pass interference call when he got there. I mean, it was a bang bang play, and he broke it up. That would have led to another interception. When he broke it up, ball went flying. I think uh, Josh Chandler got it or something like that, or one of them grabbed it, and then they called it back for pass interference. That was bullshit. I mean, he was that was beautifully played ball, and not only that, he played good defense, and I just think. That that's a guy that just like jumped out to me quick, and I mean that's not something, you know. I don't think that's a fluke. I think we're going to continue to see him just really excel this year. So I'm going to keep my eye on him a little bit more. I thought he was super impressive last game. Yeah, same, 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 same. If we would have had our recap, I would have made him my player of the game. Honestly, probably. I thought he played fantastic. Yeah, a lot of things we got to miss coverage on in that, in that Baylor recap. I think, uh, but uh, moving on along, what uh, we're going to talk about our. X factor for this uh, for this Kansas game. Um, I'm going to go first. I think uh, my X factor, since we touched on the defensive side of the ball, 
Um, my expectation has got to be the defensive line. You know, Puga Williams is so explosive, as he, as you've seen if you've watched any Big 12 games. Uh, but they've also got um, Belton Gardner, who's who's equally explosive this year for the Jayhawks. Even though their offense hasn't been that explosive, he has you know equally amount of yards and and uh, the amount of touches as Puka Williams this se- uh, this season. So, I think the defensive line will play the the major factor in this in this ball game. Uh, but I think that, like Neil Brown t- uh, said in his his press conference, that if we can improve on our passing coverage and we can improve on our offensive side of the ball in the passing game, then this this team will be very dangerous moving forward. And especially if we can get uh, some discipline to us with with the penalties. But uh, with that said, what do you think? Uh, what do you think the X factor is going to be this weekend? Yeah, I mean, you pretty much just ran through everything that went through my mind thinking about it. I wanted to just, uh, part of me was to say offensive line, but I think that's just a given. Yeah. I think that I think we still win this game even with poor line play because we've done it so far. Um, I think that I I like the defensive line pick, but I think our like we were talking about the linebacker core is so strong. I think we'll have their run game shut down. Right. Um, I don't worry about a defensive backs this game. I think we'll play well. I'm going to put it where Neil Brown's really looking this weekend, and where I think most of Mountaineer Nation should keep their eyes on this weekend. I think it's going to be on the wide receivers. I think we really need to see something from somebody. I think Bryce Ford Wheaton's been the most impressive, but he's also had the most drops. I mean, he's just let the ball go through his hands too many times. Yeah, that's very true. And I don't know if that's like, just like youth, nerves, if it's just what it is, but he's just dropping it. You know what I mean? And like, he would have, he would be our number one receiver right now by a mile if he would have gotten his hands around half of those balls that he could have. So I think I'm going to really put my weight on them this weekend and just say, hey, like, truly, I don't th- I think we're going to win this game no matter what, even if we walked out there, COVID covered. I think we're going to be, I think, I think we need to see some more from our wide receivers this weekend. So that's who I'm putting my X factor on. Okay. All right. I can't disagree with you, man. I, I, I hope that it's, it's that easy of a game and, uh, yeah, that leads me into the score prediction. I'm gonna let you go first for, with your uh, score prediction. Since you was correct last last game, uh, you get the honor to to go first this week. All right, I'm gonna give us a uh, 35 to seven. WVU wins it. I think there? our I think our defense is just that damn good. To be honest, I don't think it's. I think our offense is able to open up because we just are gonna wear them down. Some, you know what I mean? Like I think our defense is gonna. Uh, I think we're going to have their defense on the field a lot more than our defense is going to be on the field. I think we're going to have a lot of, I, I'm going to say I'm going to say 35 and seven, but I also think that we're going to have a punt return for a touchdown. I think Sinkfield's going to get him one. Hopefully, uh, he hasn't really yeah. been able to return it for more than five yards. It seems like. Yeah, year. I I think he's going to get him one, and I think he's going to break one loose, mm-hmm. and then I think we're going to get a couple of turnovers. I I still think our offense is going to be everything it should be. I can see us getting a couple of, like. Uh, Truly earned touchdowns, you know, good drive touchdowns, and then I see us getting the punt return for a touchdown, and then uh, maybe a couple good field position touchdowns or something like that. Maybe like a turnover, and so, like on their side of the field, and just letting us work with like a fifty-yard field. I think that's the way our couple of our touchdowns are going to come. Uh, I I gotta agree with you, man. I think West Virginia is going to have a pretty easy easy time this weekend. Uh, but I, I I think that because Neil Brown has made it a point of emphasis to touch on the passing game and touch on, you know, more offensive tackling. Uh, I think that West Virginia is going to come out and they're going to be looking hot on the offensive side of the ball as well as the defensive side of the ball. And I think what better matchup could you ask for uh, to work on those things than, you know, you know, not to make fun of anyone or any team, but, you know, Kansas is Kansas and they've always been Kansas. And until you, until you play a good brand of football, that's how people are going to, you know, think about these these football games, but um, 
I think my my score that I have is forty two to fifteen WVU, and uh, and I think Virginia's. You just like your funky scores, man. I'm telling you that big playability. Until I see West Virginia not give that big playability up. Listen, EKU. I gave them credit. I gave them credit. I didn't think they was going to let them score. I didn't want to let them score. I had I was the only one in the podcast that didn't have them scoring a point. And then look at look what happened. No, I'm saying more like, like you picked 15. Down. Why didn't you just pick 14? Why didn't you just 14? Because I like to be different. Point? I like to be different, man. <laughs> I'm different. Picking 15 points. Oh, okay. Well, I think that's going to do it for for us on the Country Roads webcast this week. I think uh, that's enough for us tonight. <laughs> Yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed the Skype format. We're trying some other stuff. Yeah, we're going to be trying a lot of different things uh, with the podcast, a lot of uh, different switching around. We're going to be doing some in-person, some on Skype, whenever we can't get in person. So whatever we can do, we're going to do it to, to get the you know get the show out to you guys. But uh, uh, if you're able to this weekend, uh, get up to the game and root on the Mountaineers. It's going to be the first game that the Mountaineers are going to be able to allow fans inside the stadium. It's going to be oh, 25. I pissed about that. I mean, they gave a... My my girlfriend's cousin, he's a freshman up there, and he got tickets. And I was like, if I was yeah. a senior, I'd be pissed. Oh, yeah? <laughs> oh. Well, actually, he'd probably be mad at me because I've been a 13-year season ticket holder. Me and my grandfather have, and this is going to be the first first time. Uh, I don't know if we'll get in, get to Morgantown at all this season uh, because, you know, just with everything going on, we'd rather not risk health for, for a football game. We can watch it from our couch and be perfectly safe. Uh, not sure. to say not to say anything bad about anybody that's going up there. If you are going show up, up there, show out, yeah. We uh, we we really do appreciate you and use your voice, be loud for the Mountaineers and 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 put on a show for everybody on national television. This game will be on Fox. It'll be uh, Gus Johnson. Yeah, play by play by uh, Gus Johnson Joel and Joel Klatt. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, gotta like Joel Klatt. Gotta like. Joel I, love, Klatt. I love both. Yeah, Gus John, Yeah, Gus Johnson's always been he's always been that Texas good game to the Mountaineers years ago. Yeah, Gus and Joe Clad. If you remember yeah, Joe Clad, Joe Clad uh, was amazed with Will Greer and, and Gary Jennings after that game. But uh, uh, the Mountaineers are favored by ninety three point nine percent in the F- ESPN FBI this weekend. Uh, so what do they have yeah. us winning by? Uh, the word the spread is twenty two two and a half right now, and, or at least it was yesterday. Whenever I checked, I haven't, I haven't checked it at all today, but it, it couldn't have changed that much in a day. Uh, but. Sure. But if you are going out this weekend, no tailgating, no man trip. Uh, but like I said, show up, be loud, be proud. Um, I think that's going to do it for us on the Country Roads webcast. We appreciate you guys tuning in as always. And for me and my co-host Bradley Brown, uh, we'll see you next time. And as always, let's go. Mountain.